That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 7, entitled, By Faith. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one, as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he, con con he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Amen. Thank you, Bruce. Good morning once again. It's great to be here again. Um, I want to encourage you, if you've got a smartphone or a phone with Facebook or Twitter, tweet away. Facebook away. If there's anything that you know, God speaks to you about, feel free to put that on. Um, I, I once got told off for uh, tweeting while I led worship. It was, uh, it was quite interesting. I, I tweeted something, and then the, the minister came up to me. I was at a church in Bristol. The minister came up to me and said, I don't think it's right that you tweeted while you're leading worship. But God put on my heart something, so I thought I'd share it. It's great to share things like that. Um, this morning we're going to talk about faith, and what faith is and what faith does. I, just, I had a, a quick update from Andrew. Um, he says hello. He had a bit of an adventure. I don't know if you've heard. Um, He's on his cycling pilgrimage, and he, uh, they were making the way, and they stopped a police officer. But their language skills aren't very good. So they asked him the right way, and he pointed off that way, so they thought that would be the right way to go. But what the policeman was actually saying, don't go that way, because that's the hard shoulder of the motorway. <laughs> so off they went, down the hard shoulder of the motorway. But they didn't make it safe to the other side, so it was fine. How big is your faith? We were thinking a little bit about that this morning. How big is your faith? So everyone alive, everyone in here, has a faith. Whether it's a faith in Jesus, a faith in Man City. You need a lot of faith to be a City fan, that's for sure. Don't we, Helen? Yeah. But everyone has a faith. When you woke up this morning and you went into the bathroom, maybe you switched your light on. You had faith that that light would switch on. You might not want to see what's in the mirror, but you had faith. <laughs> you had faith that that would switch on. When you got in your car to come here, you had faith that when you turned the engine, it would switch on. You have faith when you post a letter into the letterbox 
that it would get to where it's meant to go. Not always the case. I sent some very important documents off. Um, I've got a promotion, by the way. Thought I'd share. Um, I'm now working on a government contract. MI5, eat your heart out. Um, so I have to send off some important documents because I have to get cleared, security cleared. And I sent them off in the post and I waited weeks and weeks and weeks. So I phoned them up and no, we haven't received anything. But in this documents was my passport, my birth certificate, my national insurance number. And I was like, some guy's pretending to be me. But anyway, it got lost in the Royal Mail hub. That was nice of them, wasn't it? So I, they kindly found it and sent it back to me. So I, I think I'll go and hand deliver it to Bracknell or wherever it's got to go to. But sometimes, we, we misplace our faith sometimes. And, you know, regardless of our backgrounds or educations or social status or our talents, the difference between the faith we exercise in our daily routine and our religious faith is the object of that faith. Now, when, when we come to church... Our aim is to practice our faith in church. When we go to work, we should be practicing our faith. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Now, a Muslim puts his faith in the Quran and in Muhammad. A humanist puts his faith in himself. But none of these can save. Because in each case, the object of the faith is wrong. Your faith is only as good as the object in which you place your faith. Now the Bible says that we should put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Acts 4 verse 12 says this, Nor is there salvation in any other, for is there no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This morning we're going to look at Hebrews and I, I want to share two things, what faith is and what faith does. Now to understand what faith is, we must get past the, I suppose, the, the bad thoughts of faith. And, you know, this approach only sees faith as having one aim, one fruit, a life of ease and blessing. We need to kind of not think that faith is an adherence to the beliefs. We must believe the right doctrine. But Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed. If your beliefs are not founded on the right person, it does not matter what else you believe. We need to think that faith is not a blind leap into the dark. Too many unbelievers think faith is an antithesis of science. You know, some people, especially in my workplace, when they talk about football or something else, they say, you have got to have faith. You've just got to have faith. But are they, are they actually believing what they're saying. Faith is not just a simple devotion. It can be said 
you know, some people have a deep faith. You know, you could be a Muslim, you could be following Allah, or you could be a Christian. What matters is that they're sincere in their faith. But unfortunately, none of these is the true faith. Hebrews chapter 11, what um, Bruce read, portrays what real biblical faith looks like. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. True faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances or consequences. Faith is described in a, a twofold way. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Firstly, the word translated substance, which is, it took me a long time to work this out, hupotasis in Greek, I'm quite educational there, means literally to stand up or to support. Faith is the foundation that gives the believer the confidence to stand. Now the verse can be translated, faith is the confidence of things hoped for. There's a story about a a missionary called Hudson Taylor, and it goes like this. When Hudson, Hudson Taylor, the famous missionary, first went to China, it was in a sailing vessel. Very close to the shore of a cannibal island, the ship was caught in a calm, and it was slowly drifting towards the shore, and the savages were eagerly anticipating a feast. The captain came to Mr. Taylor and sought him to pray for the help of God. I will, he said, provided you set your sails to catch the breeze. The captain declined to make himself a laughing stop by unfurling the sails in a dead calm sea. Taylor said, I will not undertake to pray for the vessel unless you will prepare the sails. So it was done. While engaged in prayer, there was a knock at the door of his room. Who is there? The captain's voice responded. Are you still praying for the wind? Yes. Well, said the captain. You better stop praying, for we have more wind than we can manage. The second word describing what faith is, is translated evidence and means conviction. This inward conviction enables the believers to to believe things not yet seen. That God has performed what he has promised. There's another story of a captain of a ship. There was a guy called George Mueller, and he lived in Bristol. He was travelling alone. He was a man who had several children's homes and depending on God alone to provide for them. During his lifetime, he received more than a million pounds from the Lord without advertising. Every penny came as an answer to prayer. We have George Mueller aboard, said the captain. I have been on the bridge for 24 hours and never left it. And George Mueller came to me and said, Captain, I have come to tell you, you must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. 
It is impossible, the captain said. Then very well, if your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way. I've never broken an engagement in 57 years. Let us go into the chart room and pray. I looked at that man of God and thought to myself, what lunatic asylum can that man have come from? For I never heard of such a thing as this. Mr. Mueller, I said, do you know how dense the fog is? No, he replied. My eye is not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. He knelt down and he prayed one of the simplest prayers. When he had finished, I was going to pray, but he put his hand on my shoulder and told me not to pray. As you do not believe, he will answer. And as I believe, he has. There is no need whatever for you to pray about it. I looked at him and George Mueller said, Captain, I have known the Lord for 57 years and there's never been a single day when I failed to get an audience with the king. Get up, Captain, and open the door and you'll find the fog has gone. I got up and the fog indeed was gone. And on that Saturday morning, George Mueller kept his promised engagement. That is the conviction that only faith can bring. So, what does faith do? Faith caused Abel to worship God. And it said, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he, for which he attained witness that he was righteous. God testifying his gifts, and through it, and through it, he being dead still speaks. We don't know the details of Abel's faith. We do not just we don't know how much how much has been revealed to Abel about how he was to worship. But his father Adam had walked with God. We do know that his faith caused him to worship God. The verse tells us Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. He chose the, the choicest lamb. You know when we go into to Alistair and you've got all the ranges, you've got smart price. Uh, even you've got Asda choice, choice for you. Then you've got, what's the next one? Come on, Asda shoppers. What's the priciest meat in Asda you can get? Extra special. Oh, never had that. Hint, hint, who's having me for tea? Andy and Rachel. So he chose the choicest lamb, the extra special lamb, as an offering, and he brought it to the place of sacrifice. Now, myself, I'm no one's final judge, but I find it extremely hard to believe that a person whose faith never compels them to come into the Lord's house to worship is truly saved. True faith looks for an opportunity to worship. Faith calls Enoch to walk with God. By faith, Enoch was taken away. This is verses 5 to 6. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had his testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Enoch is a fascinating Bible character. He lived in one of the darkest periods of the history of the world. He lived just before God had to destroy the earth because of man's evil. Yet Enoch managed to keep himself pure. Enoch walked with God. Yet the record in Genesis indicates that this was not always the case in his life. For the first 65 years of his life, Enoch did not walk with God. Presumably he was a man of his times. But from the birth of his son, throughout the remaining 300 years of his life, he walked with God. Hand by hand. The Hebrew form of the verb means he walked closely and continued with God. The walk that Enoch experienced was of a deepening intimacy with God. He lived every day in the presence of the Lord and in constant communion with him. His faith and his obedience, as well as his worship, were outstanding. The hallmark of of Enoch's life was that he pleased God. In everything that he did, he pleased him. Do you please God? What a wonderful description of a believer's life. Can that be said of your life? Is God pleased with how you use your time? Is God pleased with what you read? Is God pleased with the words you speak to your friends, to your family, to your workplace? Is God pleased with your plans for the future? Have you even bothered to consult God with your plans or do you just go ahead with it? I remember when I have moved away quite a lot, as you know. I'm come back, I'm a bit like a boomerang. I, I moved to Surrey, and I thought it was an amazing opportunity. And I remember Brian took me down, and it, it seemed good, didn't it? Generally, seemed a very, very good job. And it was basically working for a Christian charity, um, and basically being there for the soldiers, and very rewarding. But I didn't really pray about it. It was, I kind of went on my, my suspicions that it was going to be brilliant. And for the first few months it was. And then it started to get a bit sour. It started to get a bit messy. My managers were not very nice. We clashed on certain things. And I generally had a bad time. And I remember phoning Brian you need to come and pick me up. I felt like I was phoning my dad, really. (laughs) Um, Can you pick me up? And he was like, oh, yeah, when? Tomorrow. All right, okay. So off he came and picked me up. And, you know, I I like seeing Brian, but I've never been so relieved to see him in all my life. It It was one of those moments where you think, why didn't I consult God on this? Faith caused Noah to work for God. By faith, Noah, be divinely warned of things not yet seen, 
moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteous, which is according to faith. The story of Noah's generation is the story of a degeneration of humanity into sin. Genesis 6, 5-7 says, The wickedness of man was great. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Genesis 6, 5-11 It is also the story of the marvellous grace of God in saving, believing Noah and his family. Noah stood alone against the whole world. Jesus used the days of Noah as representative of the condition of the world before his own second coming. He indicated that his followers should be prepared to face the same kind of scornful hostility that Noah met after, the, after that day. Noah built the ark because he believed God. Every tree he felled shouted faith. Every board he saw shouted faith. Every swing of his hammer shouted faith. Every scene which he applied shouted faith. Do your works reflect your faith? Faith will make us work for God. Only, only Noah's steadfast belief in God kept Noah faithful for the 120 years cutting the trees and planning the construction of the ark. Anybody know how long the ark was? Huh? Very long. Very long. 450 feet long. 75 feet wide. You're not funny, Susan. Thank you, Ron. And 75 foot wide and 45 foot high. That's nearly as tall as Brian. That means it was nearly one and a half times the length of American football field. That's pretty big. And more than four stories high. It could hardly be hid, could it? Can you imagine the mockery and the jeering that Noah must have faced on a daily basis as he built this new ship? Who's seen Evan Almighty? What a great film that is. That is fantastic. I, I thought when they started doing this series, I thought it was going to make a mockery, but actually, it's a very, very good film. The ship was hundreds and hundreds of miles from the nearest ocean, and far too big to move. The majority of the people simply refused to believe Noah's witness concerning the coming flood. Yet Noah, in faith, went right on working and witnessing, building the ark and warning of the coming judgment. Then, as a final act of faith, he and his family stepped on into the ark and closed the door. Noah was a man of faith, and his life continually showed his faith. Does yours. Noah worshipped God faithfully as Abel had. And he walked with God faithfully as Enoch had. And he worked for God faithfully. How much faith have we got this morning? I remember when I was a little boy. I, I can't swim. I, I really can't swim. I get quite scared. 
um, agitated, but I like the water, if it's warm. Um, and my dad took me swimming, took me into the pool, put me on, my shoulder, put me on his shoulders, and we were in the shallow end, and I thought, this is nice, this is nice. Then he started walking. And I was like, oh, right, okay. And he started going deeper and deeper and deeper. And he started going into the deep end, and I was like, I'm going to die. This is it, this is it, the end. But what I came to the conclusion was that I was safe because I was with my dad, I was with my father. If I wasn't with him and I ventured off into the deep, I would die. I'd sink. Simple. Various points in our lives, all of us feel we're getting out of depth. You know, there may be problems in our family, we may lose a job, maybe someone dies. Our temptation is to panic. We lose control. Yet, as with me in the pool, I was never in control. My dad was. We've always been held up by the grace of God, our Father. That does not change. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. God is never out of his depth. And therefore, we're as safe as when we're going deeper than as, well, whenever we've been. Perhaps God wants to move you deeper than ever before. That's the challenge this morning. Does God want to move you deeper? Are you prepared to take his hand? It's by faith that will give you the confidence and the conviction to worship God faithfully as Abel had. To worship God by walking with him like Enoch did. And to work for God faithfully as Noah did. How big is your faith this morning? Are you prepared to say, Dad, I want to take your hand. I want to carry on that walk of faith. I would advise you to do that. Because it would be the best thing that you'll ever do. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen.